Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. John chapter 6 is where we are today. If you like to plan ahead, you can go ahead and go there. I have a sad announcement that we can go ahead and give today. Um, that One is that's sad to me, and I know it'll be sad to you. Pastor Steve and, and Miss Melanie have served with uh, just great distinction the last six years, almost the whole time that we've been here. And they have come to the place they feel like the Lord is moving them from Bethel. And uh, they have just come to the place, came this past week and said about a year ago, before COVID, the Lord began to speak to us about um, bidding and move on to the next step that God has for us. And uh, he said, COVID hit. And so I didn't really want to, I told God, can you wait for just a minute? Uh, just a tough time to leave. But um, next week, they're going to come, and it'll be their last Sunday here as they move on. I asked Pastor Steve if he was going to come for just a second, and he'd like to just greet you, say a few things uh, in reference to this. Would you give him a good God bless you as he comes? So this is uh, probably, okay, so how do I say this? I couldn't be more clear about this, this decision. I just don't like this decision. past six years, you guys have made me better. Uh, you have given me so much. You have taught me so much. You have grown me so much. Thank you for allowing, uh, for believing in me, allowing me to serve and to minister. Uh, coming out of what I came out of last time where I was told that I couldn't and I would never be, this was a place completely opposite of that, telling me I can and looking forward to what I'm going to be. I know God has got, uh, got something in store for us. I wish I could tell you where I'm going next. I don't know. Uh, just to be honest, and uh, everyone always asks, well, what happened? Nothing happened. It's been great. In fact, if this was a baseball game and this is the ninth inning, we won. <laughs> we won. The past six years, Pastor Kerry and I and, and you guys have just had some major accomplishments and uh, major victories, and each and every one of you guys are closest to the Millers and to my family. Uh, Hannah will be staying on at Bethel. She's... she's uh, Super excited to continue in kids' ministry and, and with the college group. So uh, you'll get to continue to give her a hard time. Please do. But we, we love you guys. We're not moving. Uh, we uh, At least I don't think so. That would have to be lit, <laughs> written on the wall. Come on. Right, Melanie? But I love you guys. I love you guys so much. And uh, I hope we could always stay connected and uh, uh, go fishing. I do have a few requirements, though. I'm going to need uh, a monthly dose of raised banana pudding, uh, Kristen Sullivan's brownies, and Ashley's strawberry cake. And Jonathan, I need you to go fishing with me in case I drop my phone in the water. I know you'll go after it. So <laughs> I love you guys so much. Thank you. Are you in John chapter 6 this morning? John chapter 6. I uh, once again want to say thank you. You don't mind standing this morning in honor of God's word. I know you just sat down, but it was an old friend, preacher friend of mine, and uh, he used to say this. He, he would talk about the word of God, and he said, look, as long as you preach, the word of God will be alive and well. And then he said, when you die, the word of God will still be alive and well. And it just has the ability to, to transpire generations and times, and I think it's it's the words of Almighty God. I think it's worth our, worth, our, worth our time to stand. Verse number one, if you're there, say amen. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. A great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. 
the Jewish Passover festival was near. And when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And he asked this only to test him. He already had in mind what he was going to do. How many know God's already got in mind what he's going to do? Philip answered him and said, It would take more than a year's wages to buy enough bread for just everyone to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's Peter, brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? And Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them, filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. And after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely, this is the prophet who has come into the world. Father, again, thank you for the word of God. Thank you that we don't have to live this life trying to figure it out on our own, but you've given us a lamp and a light to guide us. And those are your very words. Thank you for those that have gone before us and written these down and placed them in a way that we can understand them and gather them. But I pray in Jesus' name that they'll do more than that, but today they'll go into each one of our hearts that they'll go and they'll hit the mark that they've been designed to hit for each person today. And every person will leave knowing that God has spoken to them. And for that, we give you praise. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you today. Just a quick reminder, you can, if you have family or friends or you'd like to listen to this sermon again, you can get it tomorrow on our podcast. It's The Bethel Podcast. If you go on your Apple store, you're welcome to listen to it again as many times as you'd like to. Also, if you're a note taker, if you have the Bible app, uh, it's called Version. you can go in there and it has the, um, the scripture, it has the points, and then you, places you can write notes if that is your preference. But we want to do everything we can to help you grow in your faith in Jesus. Amen? Now, he says this, oh, let me say this, because this past weekend we had our graduation. Uh, Kaylin graduated from high school. She's the third of our fourth to graduate. We're almost there. And uh, so we... Um, it was very, just a very trying week, emotional. And uh, so last night when we got home, uh, usually at the end of the day, I like to, Leanne and I like to visit and talk, and, and she was not in a talking mood. It's kind of one of the first times that in the 25 years we've married where I asked her to talk, and she said, I'm really not interested in talking tonight. And so uh, in honor of that, I have to tell you a story. There was two husbands, and they were talking to each other, and one of the husbands said to the other, he said, look, I bought my wife the most amazing gift I bought her a brand new red convertible sports car. Brand new, right off the lot, all the bells and whistles, and she didn't speak to me for a month. The other guy said, Really? What got, you know, what was, what was she so upset about? The husband said, Nothing. That was part of the deal. You know, in church, men's jokes are just not as funny as they really are when you look at them on. All right, hallelujah. Talk about being. Can I talk to you today about being thankful to those that serve us? Being thankful to those who serve us. And when I say that, all around us every day, there are people that are planted in our lives that have been designed to make our lives easier and make our lives better. And I think it's safe to say that it's important to God that we are thankful, not just in one thing, but thankful in all things. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says it like this, Give thanks in all circumstances. 
For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Say, what's God's will for my life? Here's one of them. Just be thankful for what the people that God's put in your life. Everyday activities that go on that give us another opportunity to do this very thing and be thankful to those around us and to those who serve us. You know what? In this world that we live in, there's racism, there's hatred on all sides, there's wars, there's rioting. People are constantly pointing fingers at, and thankfulness might be the idea of the hour. Maybe I need to be in Washington today preaching this particular message, but being thankful for the people that God has brought into our lives who do sometimes some mundane things to make our lives better. I think it's worth to give gratitude to those around us. Now, Luke 16, 10 said, He that is faithful in that which is least is also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. So to God, gratitude is important. I think gratitude will solve depression. I think gratitude will solve anxiety. I think gratitude will solve some of the ills that we face in this life. I think it'll, not only that, but in the mind of God, it'll promote you from one level to another level to another level. When we're thankful for what God gives us, he usually entrusts us with more. So I think it's safe to say that attitude works with God. Now, as we go to our story today, and it's a parable that you've heard many times before, but just off the top of my head, there was a couple of things that I noticed about this particular story. First of all is that there's a little unnamed boy who had a lunch. So all you mothers right now have thought the next thought, which is somewhere there's a mama that packed that lunch so the little boy could have something to eat when he went to hear Jesus preach. Am I right? Now, that's just assumed it could have been a dad, could have been a grandmother, could have been just a friend or somebody like that. But in other words, the thing that that person packed was given to Jesus, and Jesus used it to make a great impact on some very, very hungry people. Now, it's not enough. At first, the people had not enough. They had nothing. And then they had this great idea that they could take a year's, half year's wages, and, and then they would have maybe just enough. But how many know this? God always has more than enough when it comes to his people. God doesn't just think in terms of just a little bit or just a small amount. God always thinks of rowing, pressed together, shaking over, running over. Does God give to you more than enough? And I love the story as we talk about this and how it was. And as I read here, I see the story of Andrew. He's the one that said, look, I've, he's the actual one that brought the little guy to Jesus. And if we read the story of Andrew, Andrew always was bringing people to God. Andrew was always bringing people to Jesus. He brought his brother to Jesus, Simon Peter. Heard of that guy? He's the one, Andrew was the one that brought him and told, went and told Peter. He said, look, I think we found the guy. We found the Messiah. There were some Greeks one day, some men who'd come from a long way away and wanted to meet Jesus. And what did Andrew do? do? He went and got him and said, hey, come here. I think I know where I can take you and find him. And then here it is right here, another story. And he brings this little boy to Jesus. And he says, look, this guy right here's got some food, but it's not going to be enough to feed everybody. And I like also what he said, that Jesus knew what was coming. Jesus knew what was going to happen that particular day. As he sat down and looked across the, all the people, he kind of had in his mind, and his, began to, his mind began to think, well, you know what, this is about to be a wonderful miracle. I wonder what God's thinking right now. I wonder what Jesus is thinking right now. We just think this is another Sunday morning service at church, and this is another spring day. This is just another time in Arkansas. But maybe Jesus has something in plan and something in mind for right now in my life and for your life. 
Maybe today is the day that Jesus is going to do something marvelous. Maybe today is the day somebody actually decides to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. Maybe today is the day Jesus decides to heal somebody or somebody accepts God and somebody believes God and takes him at his word. could be a wonderful day, but don't just think this is an everyday average day because God's got something great planned for right now. And so every day, as we see our story, there are people that serve us and it's reason to be thankful. Let's start with the farmer. Somewhere in the world, there's a cattle farmer. Somewhere in the world, there's a dairy farmer, a row crop farmer, a farmer that did, grew a garden in the back of his yard. And he grows food. And I'm thankful to God that somebody somewhere is a farmer. And then somewhere, there's a salesman that had to buy the, the, the crop from the farm and sell it to the store. And I'm thankful for that guy as well. And there's a truck driver that had to transport the crop from the, from the fields to the, to the actual store. And then there's a stalker, a young guy or a young girl who had to take it and put it on the, on the shelf so that when I go there, it's waiting on me. Or then there's somebody somewhere maybe had to cook it or a waitress or a hostess who had to serve us so that we could sit down and enjoy the food that the farmer made. Have we ever stopped and just thanked God for all the people he's put in our life to make our lives better? Thank God for those people who pack the lunches in our lives. Thank God for those people who maybe they're unseen to the rest of the world, but thank God that all they do every day is they just pack a lunch so that when somebody gets to a particular place, they'll have something to eat. There's a story of a, of a captain. His name is Charles Plum. He was a U.S. jet pilot in Vietnam. He flew over 75 missions. One day his, his, his plane was shot down. And, and, for, and somehow by a surface-to-air missile, and his, he was ejected and parachuted into the enemy grounds where for six years he stayed in a Vietnam prisoner of war camp. He then got out, went back to the States, resumed his life. He was in a restaurant one particular day, one evening, and a man at another table came up and said, you know what, you're Captain Charles Plum, aren't you? He said, he said you flew jet fighters over Vietnam. He said, you were shot out of, uh, of the sky, and you were a prisoner of war for six years. You were actually on the Kitty Hawk aircraft carrier. Of course, Charles Plum, kind of, his eyes kind of opened up. He said, how did you know that? He said, because I was on a sailor on the exact same flight, or excuse me, the exact same ship. He said, and I was the actual guy who packed your parachute that you wore the day that you were shot down. He really was surprised. He stuck his hand out and shook the man's hand, and he said, well, I guess the parachute worked. And Captain Plum said, yeah, it sure did, and if, you know, if it hadn't worked, I wouldn't have been here, and they kind of laughed about it, and then he went on his way. That night, Captain Plum in his, was in his home. He couldn't stop thinking about the sailor who packed his parachute. He kept wondering. He thought, he said, did I ever see him when I was on the, that ship? Did I ever pass him by? Did I ever stop to tell him hello or thank him for what he did? I mean, you have to understand on the ship there was a pecking order. And if you were a fighter pilot, you were at the top of the food chain. He said there was, everybody else was kind of beneath that. But I wonder, did I ever have a t chance to stop him and thank him for the job that he did? Did I ever stop to appreciate the fact of what he his trade? Uh, did I ever stop and tell him thank you for that he didn't see his job as a blow-off? He did it with care and compassion. I wish I would have given him more of the time of the day. I wish I would have been thankful for the job he had done. And so my question to you and I today is, who is packing our parachute as well? 
Who's the guy that's, that's behind the scenes, maybe that nobody knows, that he's the one that's always taking care of and doing things that you don't have to do? In your family, in your home, somebody's packing a parachute. At your job, somebody's packing a parachute. In your church, every week, somebody's packing parachutes. When you go to the grocery store, driving in a car, as we're going to look today, over and over, just like this little boy had somebody who packed him a lunch. Every day, God's provided for people to pack our parachutes, and I think today it's reason for us to be thankful to God. You ready to start? Let's start with the mailman. Every single week, the mailman, all he does or she does is put mail in the mailbox. And I just want you to think about what happens if we don't get the mail. If we don't get the mail, then maybe we'll not pay a bill. Maybe we won't get that coupon out of the little bitty mailers. Maybe we won't get that invoice. Maybe we won't get that job offer. Maybe things won't happen if we just don't get the mail. If you pay the bill late, you get the late charge or you get the shutoff notice. And they say it like this every day, rain, sleet, snow, or hail, nothing stops the U.S. mail. And you know what? Today I'm thankful to God that there's somebody that brings the mail to us every single day. How about you You that go to school, the cafeteria ladies at school? Every day come early. They usually come before everybody else. They serve food when they get done. They clean up the food. They spray everything down so we all won't get COVID. And then they do the whole thing right again for lunch or for dinner. And they're just so faithful and so, so on time all the time. And many would say, well, you know, the cafeteria food's not that good. You know what? It's really not. But you know what? Every single time you have a meal in a cafeteria, it nourishes your body. Gives you the energy to go to algebra, gives you the energy to go to business class, it gives you the energy to keep on keeping on. Thank God for the cafeteria ladies. How about the salesmen? I mean, if there's ever a group of guys that sometimes get a hard time, it's the salesmen. The guy who sells cars, the guys who sells furniture, the guy who sells appliances, the guy who sells those little bitty things in Canton, Texas, when all you ladies go to Canton to buy stuff. Here's the wonderful thing about salesmen. If nobody sells anything, nothing happens. If you're in a business and there's nobody selling anything, Henry Ford said it like this, nothing happens until somebody sells something. Are you thankful for those parachute packers who are salesmen? Are you thankful for the people that come by and, and try to get you to, to buy a new appliance or insurance to protect you when life goes away it's not supposed to go? Or the, the guy who sells the car, who, matter of fact, you couldn't have got to church today unless somebody sold you a car. And it's just when I see you think about a salesman, it's another opportunity, another opportunity to thank God for the people he's put in our life. I went and was at Walmart, got to thinking about this at Walmart. Walked in, saw the little door greeter person there. I mean, I was just so stirred up. I was like, I'm going to go tell him how much I appreciate him being the door greeter. So I came back around. I walked up to him. Of course, people are coming and going. I said, look, I want to thank you for being such a great door greeter. I just want to thank you. You're so, you, you, you just count the number of people who come in, and when they leave, you, you take that number off, and you, you're so happy, and, and you're smiling. He really wasn't happy and smiling at that particular time. But I thought, you know what? I just want to be a blessing to him and tell him how much I thank the door greeter. When I left, he looked, like, he looked at me like I had three heads. But I'm thankful for that guy. How about home? When you go to home, anybody got any parachute packers at home? Anybody, if you got a mama or a daddy, I want you to know something. You got a parachute packer. 
Let me say something about kids for just a minute. Well, let me say this first. Moms and dads, they give, they work, they pay bills, they put on Band-Aids, they clean, they hug, they, they pour, they do a lot of thankless jobs. And let me just say this, parents, how many parents have actually cooked a meal that you can't remember exactly what you cooked? How many parents have been to McDonald's when they didn't want to go to McDonald's? <laughs> One. How many people have been through the drive-thru because you loved your kids so much, you just wanted to do something to get them stopping crying and complaining because they were hungry and they wanted to go to McDonald's? Let me tell you something, kids. You're really frustrating when you're hungry. And I used to think parents liked McDonald's. Then I realized they just went there because they've got kids and they're trying to satisfy their hunger. How many times has that happened? That's reason to be thankful to God. Somebody nourished me. Somebody provided for me. I just encourage everybody to go home or at some point, the next several weeks or days or whatever, is to take a time to go thank your parent, either your, your mother or your father, if they're still living, a grandparent or a grandparent. Just thank them from your heart for all that they've done to pack the parachute for you. Now, let me say this. This is a disclaimer. There are those that didn't have good parents. Maybe there's those that really had parents that were, they were less than desirable. And maybe they weren't all sh they should be. Let me just say this, that no parent's perfect. Maybe they didn't do the things that they should have done, all the things, but I, I know this, they did at some point change your diaper. They did at some point feed you with a bottle. They kept you warm. They provided you a hug. I just want you to know that there is no such thing as a perfect parent. Let me stop here and say it one more time. There is no thing like a perfect parent. And if you're trying to be a perfect parent and you're frustrated and go to bed frustrated every single night, let me just, brother, let, let, let Pastor Kerry just help you. Do your best and leave the rest to God. I have a, a father-in-law who's not here. He's been sick the last month. Mother-in-law who's gone on to be with the Lord. And I'll say this, they, they raised pr three pretty good kids. All three of them are preachers. One of them is pastoring a church in, in Bearden right now. Another's a campus pastor. One of them sitting on the front row right there. Not a one of them was a virgin. Let me say this. Every one of them was a virgin when they got married. Not a one of them has ever touched alcohol, and all of them have been in church their whole entire lives. And I'm not just saying that's the, old, the, the criteria for being a good kid, but that's a good place to start. But the one thing that I've heard their parents say over and over again is we did everything wrong. We didn't have anybody teaching us, anybody showing us. His daddy was a drunk. Her daddy was a drunk. They just came and they did the very best they could, and they left the rest to God. And God will do the work if we'll do that. Amen. I think you'll be happier, more fulfilled. You live a life of purpose as we give thanks to people who've done, good, who've done things for us. If we remember less the things they didn't do and remember more the things that they did do, the story we read here, it's just assumed, you and I both assumed when we thought about the mother who packed the lunch that she was a good mother, don't we? That's what good mothers do. They make lunches. But what if she wasn't really a good mother? What if she really wasn't the one that we think she was? What if she just couldn't hold down a job? What if that was her lot in life? Or the dad who wasn't any good, he chased women all the time. Maybe she was off with her boyfriend, and that's why the little boy was there. Maybe she was the woman that was caught in the act of adultery by Jesus. Maybe that was the mother we're talking about right here. But do you know something? 
she still packed a lunch for a little boy. And Jesus took that and mixed it with his power and did something great, and a miracle took place. So I think it's safe to say no matter who we're talking about today, there's always reason to be grateful for those in our lives. Thirdly today, how about in the community? People in the community that we can pack a lunch for us, pack a parachute for us. And every day we do, we see people that do those things for us. People that we drive and we go in contact no matter where we are. Let me start with police officers. Every single day they're out there. To serve and protect. Now, in this day we live in, some of them get a hard time. And if you think that we should defund the police, all I think you have to do is just go certain parts of town and walk through town. You'll be glad that we hadn't defunded the police as of yet. I see them in my neighborhood driving through. When they drive by, I just feel safer. They're protecting what's important to me. I feel safer as I see them drive by. At nighttime, sometimes while I'm asleep or sometimes in the, middle of, in the middle of the day, I see them at all different times going through and trying to protect and keep people safe, and I'm thankful for that. How about firefighters? Every single week, firefighters are on ready in case a fire would come and destroy somebody's home. The thing that's most important to me, there's somebody waiting right now on ready to protect that which is most precious to me, and that's my family. I appreciate them. How about the trash collector? Hallelujah. Can you imagine the mess in your neighborhood if the trash didn't get picked up every single week? Can you imagine the smell that would come with that? Can you imagine all the things that would go along, but every single week they come and they're flying. I don't know if they still do it, but they don't do it in my neighborhood, but they're flying off the back of that, that trash truck, picking up, the, uh, throw it in the, in the top. I appreciate those people. For what they do, they make my life a whole lot easier. Now we're about to really get thick. How about the politician? You talk about somebody who gets a hard time. The politician gets a hard time. People get, they say they do that for the wrong reasons. They say they go into politics to be, to be a somebody, to get rich, and they just get all kinds of bad raps. But I'm here to tell you there's roads that we drove on on the way to church, and somewhere there's a politician who had to sign off to get that road built. Libraries, they're built, they serve on school boards. They're people that come and they're desiring the school boards. They don't get paid for anything, but they do it because they want kids to get a good education. There's, there's politicians that protect our water supply so that we take a shower, we get a drink of water. It's clean and we know it doesn't have any contaminants in it. People all the time, politicians, sheriffs, mayors, presidents, Supreme Court justices, judges all over the place, all over the world, and they do it because they're, they're still called public servants. And I think the thing that's safe to say is sometimes it's very easy to be critical of people more than being complimentary. And I think politicians sometimes wear a, a dot on their forehead. And I think if there's anything that this world is in desperate need of, listen to me. There's anything this world is in desperate, dire need of, and that is for somebody to appreciate the work that they do. And I can't think of a better people to do that than God's people and God's people right here at Bethel Assembly. There's a story of a cracked pot. There's a water bearer in China. He had two pots on his shoulder. One of the pots had a crack in it, and the other pot was perfect always delivered the full portion of water from the stream to the house. 
At the end of the long walk from the stream to the house, the crack pot arrived only half full. For two years, this went on every single day, and the bearer delivering only one and a half pots of water from the stream to the house. And of course, the, the perfect pot, he was proud. He was proud of all his accomplishments, perfect for it. He made it every single time with all of his water. But the poor cracked pot was ashamed of his own imperfection. Felt so bad that every single week he could never come with a full pot of water. It was miserable that he could only accomplish half of what he had been sent out to do. And after two years, it was perceived to be a bitter failure. And one day the cracked pot spoke to the water bearer. He said, I'm ashamed of myself. I want to apologize to you. I've, been able, I've only been able to deliver my half a load because this crack in my side causes water to leak out all the way back to your house. Because of my flaws, you've had to do double work, double time. He said, I just want to tell you, I really am sorry for being a cracked pot. The bear said back to him, did you notice something on the way up from the stream to the river, of the house? He said, there's a row of flowers on your side because I planted them there. So for two years, I've been able to pick those beautiful flowers to decorate my table because you watered them every single day coming from the stream to the house. Without you being just the way you are, there would not be this beauty to grace our house. You say, what's the moral of the story? Each of us are a little bit cracked. People that we see in this world are a little bit cracked. And to be truthful, <laughs> we're all cracked. But the one thing that you can take and believe is that cracks and flaws make our lives together so much more interesting and rewarding. It's the people in our lives that are cracked, the people that we see every day that serve us, and sometimes they're irritating, sometimes they're a bit bent out of shape. But the one thing we know is it was what makes life so colorful. I think it's worth it to give thanks to all the cracked pots in the world. As we close today, you know, I think it's safe to say that God is amazed at gratitude. Because when you get to heaven, there's going to be a lot of thanksgiving in heaven. There's going to be a lot of people, people saying thanks. Not going to be a whole lot of critics in heaven. Not going to be a whole, over, a whole lot of naysayers in heaven. But when you get there, people are constantly going to admire, constantly be grateful to hold in high regard those on this earth that help them to get to heaven, to the person who gave in the offering today. Somewhere in heaven, somebody's going to come up to you at some point and say, I just want to thank you because the Lord just showed me that the $5 I put in the offering, that he took that and he paid the light bill. He took that and he paid the salary of the pastors. He took that and he gave it to a, a missionary. And because that, God showed me that that $5, the reason I'm here today is because you gave. Thank you for that. To the one who preached, the one who taught, the one in the, in the three- and four-year-old classroom that every single week teaches the Word of God. And some, they're going to get to heaven, there's going to be a little boy or somebody come up to him and say, look, I just need to thank you. Because when I was four years old and you told me the story about how Jesus died on the cross because he loved me so much, I knew that I wanted to follow that Jesus and I'm here today because you are one of the people that preached the gospel to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Maybe it's the person that just lived for God. Maybe it's just the person who lived for God in front of you. A mother, a father, a grandmother, a friend, a neighbor. But they just live for God in front of you. And they're going to come up to you one day in heaven. And they're going to say, thank you, thank you. Because when I saw how you live for God, I knew I could do it. And I knew that's what I wanted to, how I wanted to live my life.
Thank you for living for God to the youth pastor. Every single week we played those games. And that's the reason I came because I had fun playing those games. But every single week you told me how much Jesus loved me. How if I was the only person in this world, he would have died for me, and I knew that God loved me, and I'm here today in heaven because you preached the word of God to me. Thank you. Thank you for that. What about when you see Jesus? If I had to take a survey today, and we were all to say, what's the first thing we're going to say when we see Jesus? I'm almost certain one of the, the, the majority votes would be we would say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pathway, gratitude. It's a pathway. It's a pathway to how God promotes us. I don't like my job. I can't stand the people I work with. Just start by being thankful to God for it. I don't like my wife. I can't stand my husband. Be thankful for what God's given you. I wish I had more. I just don't have enough. I just wish that God would, would show me favor and give me more. My friends, start right here. And be thankful for what God's given you. See, because it says it right here. Remember we just read it and I, I repeated it. The Bible said Jesus took the little boy's packed lunch. The Bible says he gave thanks. And then Jesus took that and he fed the masses miraculously. So I know this today. That when we're thankful to God, we're thankful to those around us, the lunch packers, parachute packers. I know that when we do that, we're thankful for the things that God's given us. He'll turn a thankful heart into a fruitful heart. Anybody got anything that you just thought of that maybe you could bring today to this altar and give God thanks for? Maybe today you're going to bring your spouse with you. And you're going to stand here before God and thank God for the spouse. Maybe you've got kids today and you want to grab them by the hand and bring them to this altar and say, God, thank you. For these, uh, for these kids. Maybe you're a kid today. And maybe in just a moment you want to grab your parent or grandmother, a friend by the hand, and come up here and say, God, today I just want to say thank you for this friend. Can I, I can't think of a better way to leave church than being thankful to God for all that he's done for. Are you ready? Are you ready? Father, today in the name of Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to come to your house. But thank you for the privilege of having something to be gracious and to be grateful for. And so today, God, I just want to start and say thank you for these people. Thank you for their patience, their love. Thank you for their worship, and thank you for their friendship. And I pray in Jesus' name in the next few moments of time that God will leave here just with a great heart filled of gratitude for all the lunch packers you brought in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grow your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.